Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You just said to me, you, what did you say? I can't talk. Hello, I'm Claire. This is James West. I don't know what she's talking about, by the way. I've just entered the room and she's just launched into this. I think she's had some kind of seizure. I don't know no, what's going on. You said to me, because you're just like video games. We're married, by the way. We recommend you things. You get few hours of the day to do things you enjoy. Are you serious? Your entire job is doing things that you enjoy for many hours. That is true. But I'm talking about something I can just play and not have to think about it or write anything down or like scrub through the entire back catalogue of things and watch all the behind the scenes. I know my job is like not a real job. I'm so aware what, of that. So what shooty shooty gun gun game are you playing You know what, clean out of your business. How about that? No, I want to know. I'm playing, uh, there's a new Terminator game. I've, I've talked about it on the Weekly Planet. That uh, oh, okay. It's just a solid game and I don't have to talk about it. I just, I've just played something that I don't have to talk Didn't about. did you just say you talked about it on your podcast? I did, but now I don't have to talk about it again. <laughs> but now right. you're making me talk about it, which means it feels more like work. Oh, right. Anyway, it's so nice to have you back for our show. Thanks for coming. Oh, look, it's great to be here. Thank you. Not you, the listeners. I'm just happy that to be of invited Of which most back. are our mums and friends. That's true. <laughs> We have lots of great listeners. Well, I think we should go back to our usual rule, gentlemen's first. Okay, here we go. You old boot! <laughs> Do we want to just quickly mention this is being released on the Thursday. Uh, Sans Pants doing a live show tonight. Oh, yes, it's tonight. If you want to see Hala this dynamic live oh on gosh. stage, yeah. check with, out my pregnant belly. Pregnant as well. Pregnant. The whole Sans Pants crew do go on. Yeah. Nick Mason will be there. He will. What incentive? Starts at 30. Uh, Halabar, yeah. there's um, a few tickets left. Yeah. It's selling and out might very be tickets quick. Tickets on the door? I don't know. There normally is a few little. You probably ones. be all right. Yeah. All don't, right. Oh, don't bank on no, that. No, don't bank on yeah. that because it is selling out very quickly. Yeah. I think there were thirty tickets left from my last count. Mm. That was a few days ago. Yes, and we will be there. It'll be fun. I may be asleep because it's a late night. It it's a late night for 30. you. For me, Ooh. it's when I come alive. There'll be some Watch drinkies. me tank now that I've said that. I'll be like, <laughs> oh, my God, you got to see me on fire, and I just freeze up immediately. Yeah. Okay, all right. My first suggestion, <laughs> I, right. I recently got us Apple Plus for a year because I got a new phone and you get it for a year. I wasn't going to get it. I don't think. So you're telling me that you got me a gift for free. No, I didn't get. Oh, I, just, yeah. I didn't say it was a gift. I mean. Honestly, you marry someone, you expect them to give you stuff. I got you flowers for whatever the fuck you day did. It actually, was last they were week. lovely. I didn't even. I really recommend want them. Daily Blooms if you're in Australia because they send them to your door. So James just had to pay for it on the internet. Oh, okay, Claire, please belittle my choice. I'm just, I'm trying out here. You know what I mean? There's so few hours in the day. I've got this Terminator game to finish. But anyway, Happy Valentine's I don't day. think Apple Plus is worth getting just yet. I don't think there's enough stuff on it. And also, once you go in there, you're like, oh, Parasite, and you click on it's like it's 14 bucks, And I'm like, what the fuck kind of streaming service is this where you also have to pay for some things but not the other? Anyway, there's a new show that came out called Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. And you might be like, <laughs> what is that? Uh, it stars and is written by some of the people behind It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, 
Rob McElhenney, who you might know as Mac from It's Always Sunny. Remember he got really fat, then he got really ripped? Yeah. He's that guy. He stars and and is one of the creators. Megan Gans is also uh, one of the writers on that, and she's written on a bunch of awesome stuff. Uh, Charlie Day, who's also from um, It's Always Sunny. And like I said, it's starring uh, Rob. And also Charlotte and Nick Dayo, who's Australian as well. And basically he's in charge of this. It's called an MMORPG. You familiar with that, what that is? Of course I am, James. What okay, do you cool. take me for? Well, what I, I have ex- no fucking idea what that is. I was, just, I was going to say, what, you could have covered yelling. it because I was going to say, hey, uh, let me just explain it for those who don't know. I know you the know, Claire. The MMPARG 9090 bang bang. I'm not going to say the specifics of what each letter means. Fine. But basically it's an online role-playing game where you get a character and you're in a world and you run around and – you interact with other players and there's swords and quests and microtransactions oh, so and all that kind of stuff. it's not actually – because I watched a tiny bit of this with the guy with the fish eyes from um, Boardwalk Empire. What the hell? What? No, that's a completely different show. You're thinking of a different show. Oh, that – You're thinking of that medieval show. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. No, no, no. So this is oh, about really the team, the creative team behind a video game. And so if you have any kind of interest in the video game industry, which you don't, I'm sure, but it explores, no. but there's a lot of things like uh, crunch. Oh, crunch is this thing in the video game industry where they justify making people behind games work insane hours for little pay leading to, to meet a release date. It's this thing in the industry that happens all the time. And then after a crunch period, they'll lay off all these employees and then rehire them back casually to avoid playing them rates and things like that. So it's about exploiting game uh, creators and online trolling. It's also about creativity and it's all about also diversity in gaming because there is not a lot of that, either in the characters that you necessarily play as or the teams behind them. So it explores all of that. And that's all fine. Like, it's a great show. It is. But episode five in particular, it's a standalone episode. It's called A Dark and Quiet Death. And it's written by Kate McElhenney. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Uh, who is the, the sibling of, of Rob. And basically, it's about a husband and wife duo in the 90s, played by Jake Johnson, who you might know, and uh, Kristen Milotti. And basically, they meet in a video game store and then they decide to create this small indie video game and it's about slowly how kind of the marketing kind of seeps into it and it warps into this thing that they that's making a lot of money but they don't like and it's about their relationship and how it impacts on that. And so if you don't like video games or any of the things that I've said, that episode alone is terrific and it's the best of the season. It's got nothing to do with the other episodes at all. There's like sort of hints towards it but – you could watch that episode five as a standalone, no other characters kind of come up in it. I'm going to do that. that yeah, you should totally awesome. just watch it. Just watch the episode five and that's all you need to watch. Um, so it's about a married couple who start something and then hate it. Exactly. <laughs> and they're trapped in it and they can't escape. That sounds familiar. That's right. <laughs> no, we love this. That's why I enjoyed it. But it's yeah. interesting about kind of creative compromise and, and it's like to, to get – further ahead in certain ways. And we've also, you've seen this with like media networks and that you kind totally. of you take on investors and you kind of grow and in staff. And that's kind of something that we've, mo- we've, we've avoided. We've looked at a lot, We've definitely actually. looked at it. We've had yeah. like, but we, we've it's had opportunities. But we could have pursued yeah. and, and we may, decided maybe, not And maybe to. we will down the line. Yeah, you but never know. I, but, yeah. at this point, would rather make less money and be left alone than have somebody <laughs> being <laughs> like. Entire ethos. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But I do think that's actually a really interesting to, thing to explore because we started this whole thing maybe four years ago now, but then mm. even longer, you've been doing the YouTube thing, maybe even 10 years, right? Mm. We've sort of seen a lot of companies come and go and networks yeah. come and go. Um, 
And you see like major brands fold like College Humor and yeah. Well, they're still kind of limping along um, for the moment, but yeah. But a, and a lot of different things happen to people who run networks or run mm. channels and the industry is changing so quickly because everyone's yeah. making things up as they go along. Even all the MCN stuff that happened. Totally, yeah. The Defy Media, which if you don't know about, just Google because it's really interesting, I think, anyway. Um, I, got a, I did a video on it. Yeah, you did on there, YouTube. Yeah. I missed Sunday movies. Mm. Um, yeah, but we've always sort of stuck to the idea and I think this is valuable that if you're making something together, we're the priority at the end of the day, yeah. as in the two of us, our family, what makes our lives work well and what we enjoy. And if something is going to conflict with that, then we say no. Yeah. Generally. I mean, obviously, you know, we still work hard and, and all of those things. Yeah, and you but, know what? Yeah. Maybe down the line we will do that Yeah, when we have yeah, more time. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, our kids are growing up at some yeah, point. Exactly. I don't know. But at the but moment. It, but yeah. I think it's important if you're starting something creative at the heart of it to And there's know. also ways to do it, to retain creative control and freedom. But yeah. there's this thing of like once you take on investors and it's other people's money, mm. the dynamic switches and all of a sudden you're – even Correct. though they're like technically like you're in charge and whatever – they can then pull that money out and the whole thing falls down. It happens yeah. all the time. Or if someone buys your channel, which yeah. has happened to creators on YouTube. Definitely. And then like with what happened with Defy Media, they bought creators' channels yeah. and then you get paid a wage from that from Defy yeah. and then Defy goes bankrupt and you end up with nothing. I mean, nothing. That's um, right. And, but, yeah, you've and always also said, in that you lose your audience because yeah, I, guess I think so. because we, even switching platforms or in anything in any business if you kind of if you're found somewhere else people aren't going to find you maybe 10% of people will kind of know that you've switched but most people will just be like I don't know what happened to that thing yeah who's who's that guy where did he go anyway I don't know if this is interesting to other people who don't run creative stuff but I don't don't think it's necessarily I think it's anything I think it's any small business or just the way you run your life like sometimes taking a hit financially but for improving your quality of life Mm. or time with your kids or time with your partner or you know, shortening your commute, all of those kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, it's also a luxury to be able to discuss well, exactly, this. Yeah. But I do really think it's worth it because sometimes people overstretch themselves and work crazy long hours to earn more and more money but then end up sacrificing them, their physical health or their yeah. family's sort of health. Which I also understand because some people have responsibilities and, you know, you need to make a certain yeah. amount of money for whatever reason and, and you know, and you want to, pro- yeah. and you've provided people with jobs, and you want to kind of keep that up. Totally, it's, uh, and it's every yeah. family and every person is different in where where they're at. Yeah, but I do think it's something worth keeping in mind. Mm. Like, anyway, this yeah. is an excellent time capsule for, oh, when, for when all this falls down yeah. in the future. People are like, oh, my God, <laughs> exactly. they don't that know what exact thing about. they've mentioned happened Anyway, I do love your ethos about what gives you the most creative freedom and ability to pivot and move around, and that's yeah. why we sort of kept PB pretty small yeah. and our creators are all pretty autonomous. So. Anyway, I don't know where I'm going with this, but you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like we kept it small and in the anyway, pan. Anyway, watch that show that I Move mentioned. Moving along. Moving along. Watch okay. I think the first episode might be available for free well, also. What's it called you're... again? It's called Mythic Quest colon Raven's Banquet. <laughs> I love a colon. I, I like and the... a semicolon. I like how they named it something that. Not they... a colonoscopy no, though. No, Nobody likes good. anything up your bum. Like well, that name is atrocious. And, and apparently they did it on, he did it on purpose. He's like, I wanted the longest name possible. <laughs> So, and I respect yeah. that. Yeah. Anyway, what do you got? So we talked cool. about Cool. All right. Okay. Well, I've got a couple of things. Very A, qu- a quick thing first. 
cast iron pots. I know this sounds random. I've been doing a lot of cooking. Um, I have a really cool recipe that Clangs will link and I've got the link here. It's called one pan Moroccan chicken and couscous. I made it the other day. Mm. Wasn't it delish? It was excellent actually. It was really good. But the one, the reason I'm recommending this, I have a Le Crochet cast iron pot, but you can get them anywhere. A what? It's just can you it, say that's it in a normal the, voice. Crochet, no, I can't. That's all I can say it in. So it's a it's made in France. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a cast iron pot, but the reason it's so good is that it can keep food really hot. They're really like good quality. They'll last you for like fifty years. You can years. drop them. You can drop them, and you can keep them on a lower heat setting, so you can slow cook them with them. You can also put them in the oven as well and under the grill, and they'll be completely fine. Which means that you can make an entire food meal in one pot, a food and then meal. serve it. On the table, and it will keep it nice and hot. So, anyway, I've just been using they that are good. a lot. I can't argue with that, Claire. Yeah, it's bloody awesome. It's and that recipe when you is delicious. Move out or have stuff. It's just like, what pots can I find? Yeah. And it's just nothing. Correct. And it's nice to be like, oh my God, look at this pot. Yeah, I know. But I reckon <laughs> you can find oh even God. like a cast iron pot. This pot is for real. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you always say. I reckon you can find cast iron pots, though, in op shops, all kinds of places online, on Gumtree or wherever you go to find your, you know, secondhand stuff because they last forever. And it's just, it's my favourite thing to use in the kitchen. It's super easy and less washing up. The dream. One pot wonders, we call them. Mm. One pot, one meal in a pot. Anyway, I love it. Okay, so that's my first random recommendation. My second one is my serious one. This is a film I watched last night. It's called The Australian Dream. Oh, yeah. It's directed by Daniel Gordon. The writer is um, journalist Stan Grant, um, who is an Indigenous man and, and has a really interesting story to tell. I know Stanley Grant. You do, yeah. He's often on our, um, the ABC, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Mm. He's amazing. And the centre of the story is Adam Goods, who yes. is um, – I have, for people overseas, we have our sort of football, so the most popular sport I'd say in Australia. Think of it this way. Imagine where you're from and the football that you have. We have a slight <laughs> variation on that. We do. We do, though it, it potentially has some roots in Margrook, which is an Indigenous um, game that was played by um, Indigenous Australians who were here for oh, 65,000 really? years before White Settlement. Anyway, Adam Goods, who is just one of the most incredible players in one our AFL. He's, he plays for the Sydney Football Club. He was born in January 1980 and he has kind of become somewhat of a controversial figure in Australia, mm. but he is incredible. He holds an elite place in AFL and VFL history because he's a dual Brownlee medalist, which is incredibly difficult to yeah, achieve. a few of them. Gary Ablett Jr., a few others Yeah, maybe. correct. But, you know, a very small pool of players. Um, he's a dual premiership player as well, which is amazing, which means he's won the premiership more than once. He's the four-time All-Australian member of the Indigenous Team of the Century and in 2014 he was also given the prestigious award of Australian of the Year for his advocating or advocacy against racism and discrimination. So he is an incredible guy and incredibly talented. The film sort of pivots around what happened to him. It was sort of, it's hard to explain really. I guess it's an exploration of racism in Australia yes. and there was an incident that happened where Goods was called an ape yeah. um, by a fan and he was he asked for that fan to be removed from the stadium when he was playing in a mm. premiership. The fan turned out to be... Is that a premiership? Actually, no, it wasn't a premiership. It was an Indigenous game. They, and they did that at the Indigenous yeah. game. But it turned, out, it turned out that the fan was a 13-year-old girl yeah. and she was removed from the game 
And she since apologized to him and he came and did a press conference about it and talked about how he was sick of Indigenous players being treated the way they are and the kind of racist taunts that he, you know, called out to them during matches. There is since there has been Indigenous players, this this has existed. And it still exists. But Absolutely. Pe- but the way that people is a lot of like, well, it's just a gentle ribbing and it's sport. And everyone isn't gets it? ribbed mm. for stuff. But yeah. I mean, it's it's got very deep roots. Yeah. So this film explores his story and what happened to him after that incident. He sort of became the victim of kind of online bullying and and a huge storm started to happen. He then started to get booed during football matches. Mm. And then at one point he did a quite a sort of they called it like a war cry on the, on the ground and during one of the matches when he kicked a goal and the crowd then booed even harder and it escalated even further. Yeah, and people um, were taking like, well, that's offensive. If anything, he's, offen- he's offending us and yeah, whatever. Yeah, correct. So, calm down. Yeah, anyway, so the film explores the story behind, I guess, what happened to him and also more broadly racism and Indigenous culture in Australia. Yeah. One of the things I found so powerful about this is that regardless of what side of the fence you sit on around the Adam Goods debate, it's so worth watching because, yes, it's from the lens of Adam Goods, but there's also strong voices, for instance, and Andrew Bolt, who is a conservative commentator. The worst man in the well, world. Well, anyway, he's a conservative commentator who some people do follow. Um, and and Eddie Maguire as well, who is a really senior figure in the Australian football world. Um, and he was in trouble for making a sort of joke uh, about Adam Goods on radio. Um, but he's also interviewed senior players in the football world like Nathan Buckley mm-hmm. are also um, featured, Nova Paris, who's one of our really incredible um, Indigenous athletes, Nikki Winmar, who is famous for taking an like that iconic photo, mm. he's Indigenous as well and lifted up his shirt while the crowd was taunting him and pointed to his skin and there's this incredible photo, great photo. of him. And so they look it's at so the ripped. history. so ripped. It looks great. Yeah, they look at the history. They also um, interview Linda Burney who is an incredible activist for Indigenous people and um, also a politician. And they also talk a lot to his cousin Michael O'Loughlin who Adam Goods has since um, created a foundation with that sort of supports Indigenous football and youth and does a lot of work with youth in detention centres. So that's just incredibly powerful to listen Mm. to, all of those different voices and Andrew Boltz as well because you kind of get to see the other side of the coin and where people are coming from with why they were so angry at Adam Goods, I guess. So I think it's really worth watching and I, I don't, you never want to tell anyone what to think, but I think when we're exploring these themes of racism um, and discrimination, it's really great to really deep dive into someone's story and try and understand, you know, different perspectives. Well, you said also that this show does a really good job of not telling you exactly what to think and even having people like Andrew Bolt, who we all agree is the worst, is it does (laughs) offer different perspectives. Yeah, And obviously it's skewed towards him because it's a... It's a movie about him, presumably. Adam Goods. Yeah. But, Absolutely. Uh, but no, it really, it mm. does give a viewpoint. And, and then you kind of have to examine Andrew Bolt's perspective against kind of the backdrop of Indigenous um, history in Australia. And also Adam Goods' mum features in it. She was a member of the Stolen Generation, and which is a really dark sort of um, – part of Australia's history yes. where children, Indigenous children were forcibly removed from their families 
for assimilation, basically. So yeah. we've got a very, very dark history yep. in Australia, particularly with ind- Indigenous rights. And I don't think anyone, everyone is in any way aware of it. I don't think it's covered enough in schools. And so this documentary goes a long way to exploring a lot of that culture and then and history and then also celebrates us as a nation and I think is quite hopeful about where we can move forward. Anyway, it just really made me think and it's beautifully shot. So I would totally recommend that. It's screening on the ABC on Sunday, but you can also get it from Google Play and download it from iTunes, all the places. That's right. You can actually pay money for it. Uh, Speaking of, Andrew Bolt is actually trending at the moment because he defended the pedophile which got fired from – who got fired for St. Kevin's and the principal recently had to resign as a result of trying to cover that up. Basically, this sport teacher was grooming students and and allegedly nothing ended up happening between them. But he's like, well, nothing happened. What's the big deal? It's like, I don't know, because grooming's illegal and you shouldn't try and have sex with kids. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think's wrong, Andrew Bolt? Anyway, he sucks. Okay. <laughs> All right. What a I've got me. the thing. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, I've got a thing that this is kind of a rabbit hole, so you just, just bear with me, okay? All right. There's okay. this Twitter account I follow. It's called Relationship Texts. And basically they, uh, they post. Is this a confession? No. Time? Basically right. it's people, uh, it's, from, it's from a Reddit thread and people basically post questions about relationships and all things they've been in and ask for advice and things like that, right? There's another one that's connected to it that's called Am I the Asshole? And they basically describe scenarios and then people just decide whether or not the thing that they're doing is like reasonable or not. Right. Anyway, this one's called Relationship Texts and it all spawned from this post that I saw. It said, I, 35 male, have barely worked at my job for the last four years and have been hiding the fact from my wife, 34 female. Right. So that's where it starts. Okay. He apparently works this job where he does maybe 20 minutes of work a day and the rest of the time he just does nothing and she's like a high flying lawyer. Right. And she's constantly stressed and and whatever. And and he feels guilty about it, but it's got to the point where he's been doing it for four years and he doesn't he know how to tell, tell her. Right? James, Basically I what I did. Tell you. I was going to confess the same thing to you. So, ba- so that's how it starts. And then I kind of, I was reading the comments and then I went down this rabbit hole, which posted to this, uh, there's, there's this website called Something Awful. It used to be much bigger in the early 2000s. It was like the early Reddit. Reddit, Flair, because I know you're blanking out, is like a... Um, I know what Reddit is. I know what Reddit is. Anyway, there's this post from a guy, which Collins will uh, link below. It's called The Forgotten Employee. And it's a basic... This guy was moved to another department, right? And then got an email that said all the people that he worked, that worked for him in his department, uh, have been moved to a separate department. So this guy was essentially alone in this job being paid for this thing, which he wasn't really doing. So he spent years working in this position, the main job being trying not to get discovered that he wasn't actually doing anything. So he was this glitch in the system that he would have a computer and he'd go to work and he'd dress up and he'd go to meetings, but he didn't actually do anything at all. The whole thing's there. It's fascinating. Maybe it's not true. Who's to say, right? But no, it sounds like it could absolutely oh, all the be time. true. And that, though, spun off onto this. 
I read this article then that somebody else posted underneath that said that's called On the Phenomenon of Bullshit Jobs, okay? And basically, uh, it talks about how it was predicted in the 1930s that by the end of the 20th century, the work week will be 15 hours long, right? And the idea is, and the article talks about, in, this is in Europe and North America, and I would say probably Australia as well because there's a lot of similarities there. People spend the majority of their lives performing tasks that they secretly believe don't need to be performed. And there's this moral and spiritual damage that comes with being in the situation that does nobody any good, including yourself, and you have no sense of purpose because you're just basically a cog in a pointless machine, oh, right? And it's talked about how automation has led to less manufacturing jobs. But uh, as a result of this, you you need people to do things in the workforce. So there's creations of things like financial services, services and telemarketing and expansion of sectors like corporate law and academia and health administration, human resources, public relations. And then off the back of that, you've got things connected to that like security and technical and technical aspects of jobs like keeping computer servers running and, and you know, Ticking IT departments. Boxes, and, filling in exactly, and then you've got safety inspectors, et cetera, and so forth, and it goes on yeah. forever and ever, right? So I know I sound, oh, like, I'm in, yeah. I sound like I'm insane. <laughs> but then off the back of that, because people are working these Guys, jobs, then you have to hire people like uh, dog groomers and food delivery, which impacts the, the service industry as well. So it's this whole thing, right, that's, that's spun. And I'm not saying all of these jobs are pointless. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying there are industries and within those industries there are positions that don't actually mean anything. And entire corporations that if you remove them, nothing would happen. The world would, like, continue to thrive. You know what I'm saying? I do know what okay. you're saying, guys. His nostrils he call, are flaring. Yeah, he calls – and, look, I am also believed, like, we are in that role. Like, I might, you could remove us and the world would still run. Right? Aww. It's fine. But look, that's the way it is. The way that I've justified it to myself is uh, we are making enough money for our family and we're doing a thing that some people sort of like and that, and I, also I'm free, my days are mostly freed up to do this thing. I know it's not the most important job in the world. It's probably one of the least important jobs in the world, <laughs> but my, that's how I justify it. But that's also, I think, why people uh, in their particular roles could also justify it because if you've got you're, you're doing a job that even if you think is pointless, you're still providing for yourself yeah. to survive and but potentially see, others. I disagree with you on that point. I disagree because I think one of the things about what we do mm. that I found to be like I just am so grateful for every day is that I often found myself in other jobs filling in pointless spreadsheets and yes. pointless forms for no reason. When you work for yourself in this kind of way, and we're we're very lucky and very niche. I honestly, the amount of emails I've got fill up uh, maybe an hour, a couple of hours, mm. and then I've got mental space to do all the other things I need to do. But everything I do generally has a purpose. Yes, but I'm talking Most about the things. overall thing in general. Yeah, and I think what we do also has a purpose because I we had this discussion the other night that I think humans are designed to be making stuff yes. and creating and that's, stuff. And that's what this, this yeah. posits that's like – creativity is like is like actually a, the one sole thing, good thing that exists. And I think that's a bit much to be like, well, if the creativity <laughs> is the most important. No, like, but I do obviously think Obviously there's like heart surgery teachers and you know what I mean? Like I don't – No, but I don't – but creativity comes in all different forms. Yes, of course, to, obviously. It, yeah, I know you just want to keep saying what you were saying, but I want to say one more thing. Just that I, I think if we're not using our ingenuity and our creativity in different ways to solve problems and think outside the box, then we're miserable. And if we're not kind of moving around during that time and getting our hands into things and 
seeing the tangible effects of what we make, we it also leads to more depression and anxiety. Of course. So, however, whatever your job looks like, it can be heart surgery or teaching or baking or I know, a plumber or whatever. It you can know. be a creative element of it. And, and yeah, look, yeah. I'm not trying. To, I just found this really interesting. I just, I kind just of went find it really interesting too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Anyway, so basically, it, the article also posits that. And again, I don't agree with all of this, but I just think it's interesting that people, a lot of people work 40 to 50 hours like on, on paper. That is mm. their role. They're nine to five and they go into the whatever and they do the whatever the fuck people do, right? Yeah. But effectively within that, a lot of people are also only working 15 hour jobs, which was predicted in the 1930s. But the thing, it's it's all kind of expanded through kind of milling about and things like you, you, you spend your time organizing in spreadsheets and attending motivational seminars and, and all these other things and people and experts come in to it's talk about whatever. Meetings. Exactly. And that's what I didn't end up liking about teaching at the end. Cause I spent a lot of time sitting in meetings, just being like, what the fuck am I doing here? What is the point of this? Yeah. Why is there a person who's turned up with a set of dolls and teaching me how to, how to pre- like do a pretend scenario to my class who would not respond to this ad? Yeah. Like, there's Getting so out much Texas waste. and Butcher's paper yeah, and te- mind yeah, mapping. And, and, yeah. and things like that. That's and that's I know that's not just teaching. That is a lot of jobs, if not most jobs. So the conclusion of this article is essentially that the ruling class, and this is the, this is their words, has figured out a way to uh, that to have a happy and productive population, you need to eliminate free time by giving people these responsibilities because then they don't have the time to think about kind of how society as a whole and the kind of greater good of mankind. And you're not focusing on politicians and build, this is more me now talking, but at, at billion dollar organizations, which are absolutely ruining the world. And the planet. Yes. Yeah. And, and the top 1% of the wealth and et cetera. And I know I sound insane. I know that, but I, I get annoyed when they talk about like on a current affair where they, they mention things like, well, the dollar bludgers are taking all the money and whatever. And it ends up being, I don't know. I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but say a couple hundred million dollars, which is not nothing obviously, but then you get organizations fleecing literally billions from people all day, mm, every like day. And, that, in and they own the media. This sounds insane, but they own the media organizations and control all the outlets and every, and, and like the flow, like the entire flow of the economy mm. paying minimal, if not, if any tax. And I know they're also providing services, et cetera, and so forth. But I think all of this is connected for, for a reason and I think a lot, and I, and the other thing this article talks about is a lot of the people in jobs like this, they know that it's bullshit. People are absolutely aware of it. And I know I have friends like that. I'm in multiple WhatsApp groups where people aren't doing things all day, every day, just on their phone all day, just texting. Right. Which is fine. I don't care. What, what Good. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? We have friends that don't like get to work at nine, but start at 11 because they kind of mill about and they have a small conference meeting, they get a coffee and whatever. You know, and I think it also gets fed, in, and this is not in the article, it gets fed into schools because school is a trap. And I know that sounds ridiculous no, it's coming a lot from of a busy teacher. Work. And I look, and I think a lot of students, and I think in particular high school, are not our high schools, and it depends on your teacher and your school system, whatever. But schools, and mine in particular, and a lot of schools that we know, they basically breed people to live in middle management and do these nothing roles forever. And so you have kind of certain dreams and things that you want to do, and school funnels you into these certain situations. And again, this is not me saying I'm better than anybody else because I'm certainly not because, again, I do a job that doesn't matter. But I just think the whole system is fucked. And the school and school and work should not be five hours. It should be three days work, four days off. I'll take a four, three. We've talked about this before. But I just think the, the whole thing is fundamentally broken at its core. It doesn't make any sense. And everybody just goes along with it. And it drives me fucking insane. 
There, this I is that. <laughs> my God. Guys, this is what I've been listening to <laughs> all week. And he gets he gets more and more intenso eyes. Like Sorry about that. Look, I know. I know yeah. I sound insane and it's very self-indulgent. Believe me, I know. No, no, I sound ridiculous. You do make the point though that because I think like something you did say that I thought was really interesting as well with all of this, in professions like nursing and teaching and even, you know, medical professions where pe- or firefighting, people are on the ground, boots on the ground, having to, you know, give service to others. They don't get paid anywhere near enough. Exactly. But their days are chockers. Like I remember teaching, I had no time to look at my phone. Yeah. And, and your lunch times are spent planning. And like eating or, over a sink. Or going and, outside and doing a lunch duty. Yeah. Or you're on first aid duty. Yeah, exactly. So another of my friends quit teaching and went into a different profession and she said I no longer needed the 12 weeks of holidays a year, mm. two weeks of plenty, because I just wasn't physically and mentally exhausted. In the same way, and I think that that's the issue. Yeah, I don't think well. I don't think all of the, these jobs, the ones like you mentioned, they're not valued anymore, and the money is in I think a lot of these jobs that don't even need to exist in the first place. Yeah, there's that incentive to get promoted and, and move, and now it's just kind of like, well, you're a nurse, you know, you're doing this good thing. That's it's to be expected. Like, what do you want? You're doing a good thing. Like, you know, you, the nurse should be on two hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, completely. Mm. Look, I I think the interesting part of it too is that this is an that's our Australian culture and workplace culture. But I think in other parts of the world, for instance, in Denmark or in China, teachers and I'm not saying anyone has the perfect system or Finland, but people teachers have. I know they always talk about Finland when they talk about teaching in particular because that's my sort of area. You know, the teachers have PhDs. They're some of the most respected members of the community and they're paid accordingly. And I think the US has this problem with teaching too where teachers have to take on second jobs. It's insane. Which that is doesn't insane make because any sense. to make and a as, proper as class listen, sizes grow. I don't listen for a minute. God, you're just bloody <laughs> ranting. Good luck, colleagues editing this down. That teachers actually used to have and in those kind of countries in China and Denmark and lots of places around the world where they have really high capable levels of education in their community and in their student bodies because our results are failing in Australia and the same with the US. They're on the massive decline. So that means that we're getting our kids are are receiving a poorer education Mm -hmm. because we're not valuing our teachers and our teachers are not as Skill and well, look. There's lots of teachers who are amazing. I'm I not think, saying I don't there think, aren't, yeah, that's but I the, do think that the qualifications, the difference between yeah. having a PhD and having someone teaching you science who has a PhD in science, is very different to someone who's had two years out, you know, in a teaching program. Mm. I, I just think it depends skewed. on the person. And, it absolutely yeah. does, but the results. I, and I look, there's also a lot of busy work happening, and teachers are under enormous pressure. In general, yeah. All, all we're saying is the system is broken. That's exactly all right, what I'm cool. Saying. Let's finish on that note. No, can I? We're way over time Sorry, because James fault. has been ranting about society. All I can hear is George Costanza in Seinfeld going, "We're living in a society," and you get the crazy eyes. Yeah. Anyway, you do have a lot of time to think about all this stuff, which is good. Is it? Anyway, I'm going to leave you guys with something to make you feel better about the whole world and the planet. Is it a gun I can shoot myself? <laughs> It's not so funny. Gun. No, it isn't because we don't live in America. It's true. So, you can get anyway. a gun here, Claire. Don't even worry about it. I don't know how you do it. No, you can't me, go I... to Kmart. Let no, me tell you used you. to be able to. 
Anyway, the Firefight Australia concert happened very recently. More than 75,000 people packed the stadium um, in Sydney and over 1 million people watched from home as the Firefight Australia concert added an exclamation point to the devastating summer of deadly blazes that we've seen burning across Australia. So mm-hmm. we have had an extraordinarily difficult summer for so many people for yep. lots of reasons. And this concert was hosted by Celeste Barber, who I love, who is a comedian on Instagram um, and millions. raised like over $50 million for the cause and for wildlife and for families who are affected and farmers and communities. Amazing. Anyway, it is just the most incredible lineup. My God. They had Queen. They had Olivia Newton-John and Johnny Farnham, one of our Australian icons. They had Tina Arena, Peking Duck. They had Jessica Malboy, had Illy. They had the Hilltop Hoods. They had a bowl of Peking Duck. They had Koshy <laughs> and Mal, two out-of-touch oh, morning show oh, presenters stop. who anyway, didn't know what was going on. They had on. Katie Lang. All I can say Katie Lang was amazing. She was amazing. So if you can, just go, because they're talking about it as one of the most iconic concerts in a very, very long time. Mm. It was 10 hours as well. And the quality of the music, Guy Sebastian, it was just spectacular. Katie Lang in particular was incredible. She did a version of The Valley and her song The Valley and then also Hallelujah, which was absolutely beautiful, Leonard Cohen's beautiful, iconic song. Um, So I would just go on YouTube and just put in Firefight Australia, Katie Lang, and also You're the Voice, which is one of, it's a bit of an anthem in Australia. And they did this incredible rendition of it with John Farnham, with Indigenous artists. Yeah, and it was that was just, really cool. It was amazing and really inspiring and uplifting and it made you feel good about humanity. So go on, listen to James's rant, take some deep breaths, worry about his mental health. And then go and watch that on YouTube. Anybody's anxiety. And they raised, I think they've raised so far over seven million dollars. So that's cool. I mean, that is cool. And there's still a lot of good good causes out there if you want to donate to. There certainly are. All right, right. we really got to get out of here. This is way too long. This is our longest one. I know. Uh, I've just written here. School is a trap. Uh, It's just in my notes. (laughs) Just a school is a trap. In all caps, by the way. Uh, I also think this is from our privileged perspective. Exactly. That's the other thing, isn't it? Because I've had all the advantages that a person could really have in this country. Like I'm, you know, I grew up in a good family and we weren't rich, but we weren't poor, you know, and went to decent schools that apparently I hate. (laughs) Apparently you (laughs) do. But anyway, uh, you can review us in app if you want to. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> or never listen to us again. Don't listen to episode. us again. Just open it up. Like Cinema Studs did five stars and says the the, to- the topic is you should surf. So I love listening to James and Claire. It makes me want to start a podcast with my wife. You guys are hilarious and make my hump day a little brighter. And don't go surf. No sharks for me. There you go. Flipped wow. it. Flipped it all oh, around. What about you, Claire? You got some recommendations? I do. I have one from Chris Wilshire on Twitters that says, you and Claire should give Motherland a go. There are two series from the BBC and they're so funny. Thanks, Chris. Terrific. I'll what totally is it? do that. Yeah. <laughs> what are the specifics? I don't know. That's, that that's all it had. Um, the other one I recommend is Hat Jam, which is a brand new podcast oh, from our yeah. Planet Broadcasting Network. Yeah. And award-winning artist Cav Temperley from the band Eskimo Joe yeah. um, basically writes a song. Uh, in half an hour, well, it's a five-hour studio it's over, thing then edited half an hour to a with very, some to a very really amazing guests. Slice, yeah. yeah, correct. And it's really awesome and it's available now on iTunes. That's right. The first one guest is Sarah McLeod from Super Jesus, who are one of my favourite bands. You might know Super their Jesus. song, Gravity. I do know that song. It's really good. It's mostly about I recommend gravity. It. 
Uh, alpha moms, uh, they, they navigate that. It's about a group of alpha moms who navigate the challenges of parenthood and try to balance their social and professional lives despite the frequent hang ups and misunderstandings. Did you say mom? Moms. That's what it says in the thing. <laughs> alpha moms. Mom. Hey, mom. You're saying that wrong. I'm Get sure off the you're roof. Saying it wrong. They say roofed. I can't do it. Anyway. Oh, Lord. Mm. Okay. Next week, this shit again. See you later, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.